Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. That open is great. Uh, what we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided Door and Window's big winter sale through January. Receive 40% of all windows and doors. Call one eight seven seven go guida or visit go, G-U-I-D-A.com. So, I... Over the last week, watched a four-part documentary. My wife plays cards one night, so I basically sat down and watched one, and okay. watched another, and watched. Kept rolling. Kept rolling. Um, it is Madoff, Bernie Madoff, Monster of Wall Street on Netflix. Each one's about an hour. Um, and I know that you, and I'm going to get to you in a second because I know you started, and mm-hmm. I know it's going to be a tough sell to try to persuade people to watch a show about a very complex issue of financial fraud that might sound a little dry. I mean, it might sound like doing homework, but it's not. It's a fascinating story that's going to pull you in. Anyway, you watched the first episode. So you go ahead, and then I'll tell you what I thought after watching four. So, yeah, I caught the first one because I was away in assignment for most of the week, so I didn't watch much of anything. Uh, But... I enjoyed the content of the first episode. You very live much. an actual life. Yeah, <laughs> I have I have things to do, as you've said. Yeah, <laughs> um, I enjoyed the content of the first episode very much, and you can tell if you are paying attention to the interviews in the background. It's not dry at all. Now, I'm a sucker, as I've said before, for true crime, and that's what this is. Uh, the one disappointing part was the first episode gets into Madoff's younger years and background and there's a lot of the reenactment where the actors are playing the moments that they the document documentary makers don't have film of so you see the same shots over and over again of like yeah. a an actor playing a 35 year old bernie madoff who gets up from the desk and walks over to the window and looks pensively out the window and slowly turns around yeah that's yeah, over and over and over yeah, again yeah, yeah. but I'm intrigued enough from the content that I want to continue to see the next three episodes. What did you think? Well, before that, did I ever tell you that I got hired to be an actor in one of those dramatization, documentary dramatizations? CNN was doing, was going to do a thing on Lincoln, Mm -hmm. and I got hired to play Lincoln's son's lawyer. Wow. It was two episodes, and it was one of those things where, like, there's no speaking, mm-hmm. but you, like, have to walk around a lot and act, like, gesticulate and all that. That's cool. I have a cousin who does that, too. Yeah, and then came the pandemic, oh, and no. it never happened. There and went that. Said, it was a yeah. Nancy Glass production. It was going to, oh. yeah, I was all excited. It didn't happen. Anyway, so here's what I think. Um, I think it was great. 
And mm. if you if you don't know Bernie Madoff, he was the Wall Street trader who built a company that it became so big that more than 10% of all trades on the New York Stock Exchange every day went through him. That's incredible. It is amazing. And he attracted these incredibly high-profile uh, clients. He would travel the world, and you see that, to seduce the wealthy to invest the money. And you know some of these people. Sandy Koufax, my mm-hmm. hero, was one of them. Ellie Wiesel, the Holocaust survivor, who yes. I took a college class from. Fred Wilpon, who you kind of crossed paths with so, in New York. Yeah, so my... First job at the Wall Street Journal as a sports writer was covering the Mets uh, and would interact with Fred Wilpon all the, all the time. And I actually came off of the Mets beat, stopped covering the Mets about a month before the story broke that the Wilpons had invested so heavily with Bernie Timing. Madoff. Yep. So the problem was he was taking all of their money, and we're talking millions and billions of dollars, and not investing it at all. He had a Ponzi scheme. Yep. He would take money from Peter to pay Paul and not put a dime in the actual market. And this thing goes on for decades. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And he had this team of scamsters working for him that would create fake records and give clients bogus statements. And at one point, somebody's coming in. He's like, I demand to see my accounts. And they print this document off the printer, and it's so hot that they have to put it in the fridge for half an hour to cool it down so it seems more realistic. The thing that will make you mad uh, watching this beyond Madoff's gall and mm-hmm. and lack of humanity, is that it went on in plain sight and he should have been caught more than a decade before this house of cards collapses. There's one guy who works for um, a financial investment company in Boston, and his bosses come to him and they say, this guy Madoff, like, we can't compete with him. We figure out what he's doing. This He's like a statistician math guy, mm-hmm. and so he tries to reverse engineer what Madoff's doing, and he's the first person who concludes this is not mathematically possible. This is a scam. Writes up a thing called 37 Red Flags, gives it to the Security Exchange Commission, and they do nothing about wow. it. Wow. And this thing goes on. The regulatory agencies ignore it because they're too dumb, or sometimes they're all friends with Madoff, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're supposed to be protecting him, but he's their guy. And the heartbreaking stuff is, and you see this most in the fourth episode, you see the investors, these people who like their life savings only to learn, poof, yeah, it's it's gone. And believe it or not, you end up seeing also the horrible fallout to his family who really had no idea this was going, his sons and his wife. And, you know, at first you feel like they're complicit, but they're not. And you just end up having amazing sympathy for them. Look, it, it ain't a Marvel movie. Um, but the guy who directed it, you, you mentioned true, con- true Crime watching it. The guy who directed this specializes in that, did the conversations with the killer things with Ted Bundy mm-hmm. and John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer. So he knows how to do the crime. This is the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. I guarantee you will be enthralled if you watch it. You should watch the rest. Madoff, The Monster of Wall Street, on Netflix, four-part documentary. J- just an interesting thing here, Glenn, as you were talking, it occurred to me, you know, they're they're clearly drawing a connection by calling it the monster of Wall Street to the wolf of Wall Street, the Martin yeah. Scorsese yeah. movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. And the amazing part about that movie, one of the amazing parts about it, I think it's one of Scorsese's best films ever. I mean, I would put it like a notch below Goodfellas, is that you never see in that movie the human cost that you just described mm-hmm. when somebody who has who accrues this much financial power and has so much control over somebody's futures basically uh, it turns out to be a fraud or a ponzi scheme or you know just an evil person 
But it sounds like in this documentary, that really brings it home. I mean, you see these old ladies losing their houses. Yeah. I mean, they, they literally interview, you know, this guy whose mom died because she lost her house and had nowhere to go and was pretty well to do. But it's really good. And uh, watch it. Okay. Let's talk to Eric in Maryland. You're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Hey, Eric. Hi, Eric. <laughs> um, Glenn, I, I love the graphics on your beers. I'm not a, a beer drinker, but when you post the pictures... I really do love the graphics. I appreciate that. IPAs. I will. I will um, tell. I will tell the people who do that for us that you complimented them. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the the Madoff uh, movies or or uh, recant things that I love. I love the one that came out about this about ten years ago uh, with Blythe Danner. I love that one. Yes, yes, I know that one. It was very good. You should watch this, Eric. It's really good. All right, I'll, I'll try to do that. Uh, what I want to talk about today is if the Eagles make it to the championship round and they do end up playing San Fran, do you feel like the Eagles have the personnel to match up with the current version of the 49ers, meaning Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle? Because Kaiser White hasn't been really making any plays, playing too great. And I, I do fear, I have a greater fear about McCaffrey overall than anybody else. Yeah, I think you raise a great point, Eric. Uh, I think it would be a challenge uh, for the Eagles to to match that skill position talent that the 49ers have. And not only do the 49ers have that, they're just a tough team up and down that roster. Uh, and what's interesting about them, you know, we're, we've been talking a lot about Brock Purdy and how good is he really and how much do they rely on him. Well, the way Kyle Shanahan calls that offense and the creativity he uses, it's, it's almost like his quarterback is a point guard for the most part. Just, boom, get the ball out. You know, we're going to get it to McCaffrey. We're going to get it to Kittle. We're going to let them do those things. It's like, you know, Mo Cheeks giving the ball to Dr. J in the open court. Just let them do what they're going to do. And, you know, assuming the Eagles yeah. get to the championship game and Thank assuming so. the 49ers get there too, that's going to be a really tough challenge for the Eagles. I, there's no question about it. Yeah, uh, they they are, and we didn't barely talk about their defense. Which yeah, is, exactly. Which is really their strongest point. Yep. Aaron in Norristown, how you doing, Aaron? Good, John. How you guys doing today? Hi, right. Aaron. Hey, hey, I want to talk about uh, Jalen Hurts in the Seattle San Francisco game. First of all, Mike, I mean, I'm going to, but you, you covered the Eagles for a while, and you know, including last year going to the playoffs. Have you ever heard them discuss at length and to the extent? of the injury of a quarterback like no. they are right now. Really I mean, odd. They they even concede, like, yes, he's really hurt. That's not something right. that they normally do. Which almost makes it look like a, a ruse, to be quite honest. Well, and I'm not saying I'm a conspiracy theorist, but yeah, yeah. I'm not only a quarterback, not any player have no. I ever seen any NFL team do this. And it's almost like they're doing it ad nauseum to, to make a point that and I, and I know Sirianni likes to play games. I, I'm – and I'm hoping that's what's happening, and B, I kind of think that's what's happening. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Aaron. Glenn and I talked about this a little bit last week, and we talked about it earlier in the show a tad. You know, my, okay, my, no, it's okay. My theory on this is that Jalen Hurts likes being discussed this way to a certain degree because he thinks of himself as a different kind of quarterback, a cut above his peers. He's a Superman. He heals faster than anybody else. He can play through things that no one else can play through. And so, to a great extent, the Eagles, you know, when Sirianni talks about it or when Hurts himself talks about it, this is what they want to do. They want the perception out there that Hurts is hurt and yet is going to perform and excel through the injury. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that you gain anything from it. I don't know that you particularly lose anything from it. Opponents know his shoulder hurts. They know which shoulder hurts. They know that if they get the opportunity, they're going to try to really dump him on that shoulder and knock him out of the game. It is games. It's so much in every sport now. 
upper body, lower body, all the, this stuff. You, the, you can't hide this the, stuff. This was all uh, Ken Hitchcock, when he coached the Flyers, used yeah. to complain about this all the time. Why am I saying upper body injury? Everybody knows that everybody's hurting. Right, he broke it's, his hand. Yeah, at some right. level or another. You know, let's just be upfront about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Same principle applies here. It is. It has moved much more into football. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack. Now at noon, we'll talk to Jeff McLean of the Enquirer. He covers the Eagles and does a great job of it. Hey, when you bring up banking, most business people roll their eyes. Now I can tell you that Meridian Bank customers do not feel that way. Now, sure, Meridian business bankers do the loan thing and they offer guidance on making your business more successful. But Meridian also puts on great customer events, both educational and social, and they're a super group of people to be around. If you want to put some fun in your business banking, get started at meridianbanker.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 